You are listening to the IFH Podcast Network. For more amazing filmmaking and screenwriting podcasts, just go to ifhpodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, episode number 313. Some journeys take us far from home. Some adventures lead us to our destiny. C.S. Lewis. Broadcasting from a dark, windowless room in Hollywood, when we really should be working on that next draft. It's the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast, showing you the craft and business of screenwriting while teaching you how to make your screenplay bulletproof. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast. I am your humble host, Alex Ferrari. Now, today's show is sponsored by Bulletproof Script Coverage. Now, unlike other script coverage services, Bulletproof Script Coverage actually focuses on the kind of project you are and the goals of the project you are. So we actually break it down by three categories, micro-budget, indie film market, and studio film. There's no reason to get coverage from a reader that's used to reading tentpole movies when your movie's going to be done for $100,000. And we wanted to focus on that at Bulletproof Script Coverage. Our readers have worked with Marvel Studios, CAA, WME, NBC, HBO, Disney, Scott Free, Warner Brothers, The Blacklist, and many, many more. So if you need your screenplay or TV script covered by professional readers, head on over to CoverMyScreenplay.com. Well, guys, today on the show, we have adventurers, filmmakers, world travelers, and YouTubers, Brady Troutman and Alex Blue. Now, Brady and Alex both are sailors, and they have sailed around the world. They've documented their adventures by opening up a YouTube channel, which, to according to them, was the first sailing channel ever on YouTube. They focus on the adventure of their lives, just going across the South Pacific and the Atlantic Ocean and just traveling all over the world and sharing their adventures with their tribe. Now, I wanted to have them on the show because they're a very interesting case study of how they've been able to cultivate an audience, build products, build films, build uh, uh, services, um, things that their audience want to consume. And we talk about how how they were able to cultivate their audience, which is over 600,000 strong, how they've been able to generate multiple revenue streams over the years, and how they've been able to finance this amazing lifestyle of being able to just go around the world uh, on a boat and just live life to its fullest. They are truly an inspiration, to say the least. So without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Brady Troutman and Alex Blue. I'd like to welcome to the show Bradley Troutman and Alex Blue. How are you guys doing? It's, it's Brady, but that's okay. Oh, fuck it. What did I say? You see, I always, <laughs> fuck it. I always do that shit, dude. Always. I focus right, on the, like, the last name. Did I say Brandy? Did I fucking say Brandy? You said Bradley. It's, it's all Bradley. good, man. Brady. It's Brady. It's Brady. Fuck, dude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fu- This is always happens to me. Like, I'll focus on, like, Troutman, 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 and I'll forget the easy name. So. <laughs> no worries. It's all good, man. <laughs> sorry, bro. I'm sorry. All right. Let's start it again. Uh, okay. Brady Troutman. Brady Troutman. Yeah, there you go. And now I'll probably say like Alex Red or some shit. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, three, two, one. I'd like to welcome the show Brady Troutman and Alex Blue. How are you guys doing? Good, That's man. It. 
Thanks yeah. for having us on the show today. I said it right, right? I said the name right? You did. Yeah, you got it. That's right. That's 100% for a second, correct. I go, did I say the wrong name again? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long day, guys. I, I apologize. Uh, yeah. How you guys? How you guys doing, man? Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, we're doing good. We're um, we're currently in Lake Tahoe in California, and the seasons are transitioning from spring to summer. So we're kind of in in a really good spot and excited for the summer in the lake. So a uh, very tough life is what you're saying. Very tough life. Uh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, very tough. It's rough. <laughs> so it's rough out there. It's rough out there in Lake yeah. Tahoe. The mean streets of Lake Tahoe. It's tough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Traffic's getting pretty bad, actually. But no, I'm just kidding. Wow, no, wow. Nothing negative to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, I wanted to get you guys on the show because you've had you. Uh, I've had other you know YouTubers on the show and other people who kind of use this uh, film entrepreneur method. Um, not specifically that you use it for me, but you mo- I modeled it after some someone like yourselves who do that kind yeah. of like building content and creating multiple revenue streams and servicing a niche audience and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you're very, you have a, I've never really kind of ha- spoken to anyone with a niche like yours, which is boating. And, 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 and I, only, I want you to explain a little bit more, but how did you guys leave the normal world <laughs> and go straight into like boating around the world and just following, basically doing what everybody wants to do other than like going off and joining the circus. I think basically <laughs> sw- sailing around the, the world essentially would be on the top of people's like dream to-do list. So how did you guys go? I'm assuming you didn't just come out of the womb like that, got your boat at five and just kept going. Uh, from what I read, you guys uh, started in the normal world and said, you know, I'm tired. So can you tell us how you got in there? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess I'll start first because Alex joined the journey a little bit later on and she had her own journey before we met. Um, So I grew up in Orlando, Florida, and I was going to college there. And my brother at the time was up in Seattle, Washington. He's 10 years older than me. And he had a web design company that basically he left it. And we were both getting into sailing at the same time. So neither of our parents were into sailing. We didn't grow up sailing, but we were both getting into sailing at the same time. He was 32 and I was 22. And um, we ended up getting a 53-foot sailboat, and the plan was to basically hang out in Mexico for a little bit and maybe eventually cross into the South Pacific and go to Tahiti because it was just like an incredibly big dream. And um, so that happened. I had one semester left of college, and we made the decision that we were going to leave Mexico and sail out into the South Pacific, and I took out all my student loans that I could. Signed up for as many classes as I could, took out all my student loans, and then dropped all the classes and figured I'd use my student loans to, I don't know, go to the University of Life, I guess. Wow. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was in 2010. And I was only supposed to help him because he was kind of a little bit in a better financial position to travel long term than I was at the time. So I was supposed to help him for like three weeks. The passage from Mexico to the Marquesas was about three weeks long. And we got to the Marquesas and they were like, oh, a couple more months. I'll stay a couple more months. And then we got to Tahiti and it was like a couple more months. And then, yeah, that eventually turned into 10 years and a circumnavigation. So it was a, that's kind of the, the journey. And then along the way, a lot of things happened. You know, our, we ran out of money a lot, of course, uh, but our family and friends, we had a blog and photos, but it wasn't enough for our family and friends. They were always just still like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, I don't get it. Like, are you camping? Are you on a motorboat? Like, does your boat have an engine? It's a sailboat, but just people didn't really understand. So we just started filming our journey, little clips at a time and uploading small, short, 
videos to, to YouTube. The first videos were even like pictures with music behind them. So they were just complete like family <laughs> slideshow kind of things, um, which was great. Our family loved it. But then as we started to film and progress, other people started watching. And it was kind of a really interesting time in YouTube where it was new and fresh and it wasn't like clickbaity. It wasn't really, you didn't have to try as hard if you had good top content. It got put in front of people naturally, I think. So yeah, people kept watching and we eventually saw that there was an opportunity to make like a full on production from it and keep filming and keep sailing. And, and um, yeah, here we are now. <laughs> and then Alex, how did you uh, leave the normal world? Enjoy this psychic, psychotic pirate uh, on his adventures? <laughs> <laughs> well, I got pretty lucky, actually. I don't know if I ever quite entered the normal world. <laughs> nice. But, well played. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In, in college, I started, yeah, I was studying like uh, media. And so I started my own film and photo company. And yeah, basically with the goal of wanting to travel, I had this random dream. I don't know where I got it from, but I really wanted to work in Central and South America with my camera. So pretty much once I graduated, I made my way down there and was able to yeah, pay, pay my way with my camera. And one summer I ended up on in Colombia and I got offered a position on a sailboat that sailed between Cartagena, Colombia and San Blas Islands, Panama. And so I lived aboard this uh, 52 uh, foot catamaran for a summer. And we would take like 20 backpackers from Panama spend five days in San Blas, sail them to Cartagena, and then have a couple days, pick up 20 more backpackers from Colombia, sail them back to Panama. And anyone that's ever been on a 52 foot sailboat will understand how ridiculous it is. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. To have 20 plus people sleeping on a boat like <laughs> not that. just people but backpackers <laughs> yeah so it was, it was pretty much a big party but it was beautiful i mean yeah i slept outside every single night in a hammock for the entire summer and pretty much fell in love with living on a boat and started to see other people on boats too at the anchorages and realized that people were living on their boats and that cruise cruisers were a, a category of people that i was come to know a lot about and become one myself but yeah, pretty much after that, came back to Tahoe for a winter, and then a sailing friend of mine sent me a, a Delos episode on the YouTube channel and said, hey, I think you'll like this. So I gave it a watch, and they were, yeah, sailing, uh, scuba diving, which I had also been getting into, and filming, which is pretty much all the things that my life revolved around as well. So I just sent them a random email, <laughs> and uh, they actually, now in retrospect, I know that they get, you know, I don't know, probably a thousand of those a year or something like that of people that want to join a crew with them. But for whatever reason, luck was on my side and Brady's older brother, Brian, uh, caught the email and said, cool, if you want to be in Africa and South Africa in two weeks, then you can cross the Atlantic with us. So I just went <laughs> again. I didn't have to like quit a job and sell my house or anything. You were like already that in a transitional was, phase. Yeah. I already worked for myself and I was just floating around anyways. So what yeah, I love there and then within like a month we were we were dating and yeah I like to say our first date was crossing the South Atlantic how romantic <laughs> yes yeah, it's, it's very intense I'm imagining uh an intense first date to yeah. say the least well, I was I was away I was away at a wedding and my brother called me he's like hey this guy Alex he's a videographer <laughs> and he's a sailor and like you know we're looking for crew to to go from South Africa to Brazil like 
what do you think, man? And then we had we had a, a video call. And we're like, Alex isn't a dude. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> so yeah, I was getting here in a week and a half and she made the decision. And then yeah, we were we sailed on that boat for three and a half years together before we moved to Tahoe. You know, it's ins- it's insane because I love the way you guys talk about these trips. Like it's, it's just like I'm going down to get a cup of coffee. Like we're going to just going to cross the Atlantic or, you know, I just want to go to Tahiti, you know, and go to, to the South Pacific. Like when I think of the South Pacific, all I think about is just like this massive amount of water and this yeah. little, and this little, little island called Tahiti or Fiji, or, you know, like, Right. <laughs> like Hawaii is essentially a monster <laughs> complex comparatively. And you're like, yeah, you know, just, we're just going to just keep going. And just, I, I love that mentality because for you, that's normal. To me, that's insane, but in a great way. And I admire that so much because you are truly living, you're living the dream because you guys are doing what you love to do. You're making a living doing it. You're helping other people. You're you're providing uh, value to to people around the world, um, and you get to literally travel the world uh, on your own dime and do whatever the hell you want to do. You have complete freedom, and I think that's I think we all that's the that's going to you know running away with the circus. It's essentially running away with the circus, but on water. <laughs> because yeah, thanks, man. thank you for saying that. I think I, I don't know after doing it for ten years. I definitely got a little bit jaded and, you know, as, as pretty as it is, like anything in the movies or documentaries it, 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 or series, whatever, it feels incredible when you're watching it. It's like, oh, my God, it's the dream. But there's there's hardships and there's oh. a lot of difficulties that go along with <laughs> living on a small sailboat with five people at a time. It's amazing. I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I'm so grateful that I did it. Um, it's just yeah, it's nice to hear again, people from the outside. Like you say stuff like that because it's like, yeah, I'm really lucky. I was able, we were able to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And but you know, I couldn't look, dude. You're you're traveling the South Pacific. You're traveling, you know, across the you know, shit's gonna happen. You know, I'm imagining it's just not like crystal blue sails and everything's running and the dolphins are jumping over next to you like the entire way. You know, I'm assuming you run out of money, you run out of food, you run out of gas or whatever you're doing like things happen like oh oh, there's a hurricane showing up like i I have to imagine things like that happen so but that's life but you're but you've taken life by the kind of horns and and just done what you want to do with it which is believe me i talk to a lot of people and i and i talk to filmmakers which we're all nuts we're all we're all nuts. Filmmakers are <laughs> yeah, insane sure. and filmmakers are insane people i mean i'm insane we're all insane my, my family looks at me like what do you do 20 years 25 years <laughs> Um, and you make and you do what? And now they see me on YouTube. So now they're just like, oh, he talks to famous people. I'm like, yeah, OK, yeah, that's sure. That's what I do. That's all I do in my life now is that. Sure. Why not? Um, but there is an insanity that comes along with being a filmmaker. But you guys just amped up that insanity. Like instead of shooting a movie, let's shoot a movie on the open sea for months at a time. And oh, let's open up a YouTube you channel. Leave. And you can never leave. God, like, oh my, I, 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 you can never leave set. Yeah, exactly. It's always going. So when you guys started doing the, uh, the videos to send back to your family, cause they just wanted to make sure you were alive and <laughs> doing well, how do, by the way, how do you communicate like carrier pigeon or like how, do, like, I'm assuming the cell reception, I'm assuming the cell reception is not so well down there, especially 11 years ago Yeah, in the middle of yeah, the South Pacific. I mean, yeah, the best way to communicate really was was when we'd get to an island and you'd find a random computer, somebody would have a computer with the internet and you'd sign in and check your emails. 
really that was it i mean we didn't even have cell phones weren't really a thing through the south pacific in 2010 now you can find a cell phone pretty much anywhere you go and you buy a sim card a local sim card and you can get you can get calls and data and stuff but back then yeah it would be months before we'd we'd reach out or do anything and even up, uploading stuff to youtube right like there was times where where we we couldn't we'd, we'd leave the the laptop in like a cafe somewhere for like two weeks to try and upload like 500 megabit video and it just wouldn't upload so we found we'd buy the small little usb thumb drives put an episode on it ship it across to my friends in florida and they would upload it for us and then post it for us so that was faster than actually uploading a video at that time jesus and you start so you start doing this for your family essentially and you just open up a youtube channel and just like start doing things but then eventually yeah. People just started finding it, and you, you're. This is about eleven years ago. Yeah, yeah, really. It was 2010 is when we first started uploading the little picture slideshows, and then 2011 it was a bit more video involved, and then um, yeah, I think 2012 is when we really decided. I think we we ended up getting a check from YouTube at some point for like eighteen dollars or twenty dollars. I don't remember the amount, and we're like, holy shit, what is this? Like they made a mistake or something, and we didn't realize that they were monetizing our videos. So we realized that there was a Wait way a to make money on YouTube, even if it was small, that was like a case of beer, which is awesome at that time when you have zero money. <laughs> so yeah, we just kept doing it. And then once we realized that, that there was a way to, to grow it, it was growing and growing. And we, as we found out that as long as we were consistent and we were ourselves and being authentic and honest, it would just kept growing. And then the real, real change happened when one of our, one of our followers, one of our viewers on YouTube reached out and said, hey, there's this new thing called Patreon. It's perfect for you guys. You should check it out. And it must have been the first six months Patreon was was wow. up and alive. And we signed up for a Patreon account. And then, yeah, people really, really understood that because there's something really special about giving directly back to an artist or somebody you like. It's a personal connection. Instead of giving it to a cable company or a network, and then maybe it'll trick down to them, like literally giving $5 or $10 to that creator. It has an emotion attached to it. And that's... 100% why we were able to be successful. So so, so with YouTube, you start get making some money with it. You realize that there's an actual something there. At least it's, you know, yeah. beer, beer money. We can work for beer money, basically. Yeah, yeah. You start working with beer money. Um, and I put, what, Alex, at what point did you, like, how many, what year did you jump in with them? Let's see, it was 2016 or 17? I think 17, March. Oh. So you guys were off and running already. The YouTube channel had already been. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we were full on by then. We had just started, like probably right then is when we started making a profit, I would say. Like our 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 expenses were paid for. So like the boat was paid for, insurance, food, fuel, like cameras. It was kind of break even, like our lifestyle was paid for. And then right around that point that Alex joined is when it kind of kept going and we were able to pay ourselves $500 a month. I mean, obviously, actually, it's, it's, Alex's, it's, it's all Alex's. It's hundred percent. When Alex joined, the videography got better, the storytelling got better, the editing got better. Like, <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> no, I mean, it's actually funny, yeah, to look back because when I once I realized I was going, I didn't watch any more episodes or anything. To me, it felt weird to know that I was going to show up and know these people and they weren't going to know me or anything. So I kind of just went and didn't really look into it much. I was like, they seem legit, whatever. Just go to Africa. And, uh, <laughs> okay, people. so let's stop, for, let's stop there for a second. I want to, because my daughters might see this one day and I'm going to say, no, this is not the way to do it. <laughs>
We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. I looked at the video. It seemed legit. I flew to Africa. This is not a statement that I ever want to hear my daughter say. <laughs> yeah, my mom had some doubts. But, uh, I would hope so. <laughs> but uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that that. Um, so the tribe is what they they kind of Delos refers to as the, the mm-hmm. people that watch their videos. And I'm telling you, people are so inspired and like touched by these videos. I had no idea. It's like a it's like it's almost like a cult classic in a way. <laughs> Delos, the Delos episodes, like people are so into them and they've people have ch- altered their lives so much. Like so many people have sold everything they own, went and bought sailboats move their families aboard. Like I'm, I'm talking hundreds, if not thousands of people from these episodes. So they really touch people in a lot of ways. Um, and yeah, and I just had no idea any of that before I got on the boat. Some people like to think that I, I saw Brady online and thought he was cute and like <laughs> came, came in to swoop him up, but I did not have that much foresight. To what was I was, I was a lot skinnier and tanner back then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting because as a creator, you know, with, with what I do on a daily basis with podcasting, I've done hundreds and hundreds of, of, of podcasts and you, as a creator, you don't know what effect it has on people. You really don't. You just put it out into yeah. the universe and, only when I'm at an event or at a film festival or if I get emails or, or something like that, do I realize the impact that yeah. an episode did. I mean, you found me listening to podcasts. You're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I, and I have people who follow me like, oh, my God, you, you, know, you, saved, you saved me from losing $500,000 because that predatory distributor was going to screw me or yeah. you know, those kind of things all the time. So, but as a creator, you just don't know, man. So I can imagine. I, I, I understand that feeling of just putting it out there and it really does affect people's lives for me it's just like an interview like i'm having an interview with you right now and then i promise you somebody will just like oh wait what's that let me click on that youtube channel boom all of a sudden and they sell their boats they they sell their lives they get a boat and they go to africa with a strange man um (laughs) with a strange man with a strange man oh no excuse me strange men uh <laughs> it's exactly, but you you don't know. But I promise you, something like that will probably happen at one point or another. Someone listening to this will happen. So it's it's really. Uh, I always tell people it's so important to put whatever's in your heart to put it out there because you just have no idea what effect it will have on another human being. It could be nothing to you, and you could say something like I say stuff on the show all the time that to me is just. Not that's something I just, it's just part of my vernacular, but it will blow someone's mind who's never heard it. And I'm assuming this, like if I start watching your videos, if I wanted to get into boating, you'll probably save me years of pain, years of pain and suffering uh, on how to run a boat or take one of your courses or, or, you know, or something like that. It's, it's pretty remarkable. It really is. Now you started, once you regard, you started um, doing the YouTube channel, you started seeing it was a real thing. How did you build the audience or was it just strictly like, I'm just going to create content or how did you start interacting with them? How did you build that tribe? Because I called my guys the tribe as well. Cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. Our, when we first started getting followers besides our parents, there, there, was, there, was something, there was something inside of us. Like I knew something. I just knew it was going to be big. Like I knew we were the first sailing YouTube channel in the world. And now there's. I don't know, 10,000 or something, or I don't know how many there are, but I just knew that it was going to go big. Like 
it was going to be something big. And we made kind of a rule just to only make videos that made us smile. So to be authentic, to be ourselves 100%, never make a video based on a comment or, or what other people think. And, and only, only do it if it makes us happy. So if it ever came to a point where it was just too much and too stressful, which those times definitely came, then we had to take a step back and reassess. And that combined with the consistency is I think what grew the channel. Like we were releasing one episode, 20 to 30 minute episode every Friday, still to this day. That's my brother obscene. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And now I've been off the boat for full time for a little over a year now. And my brother and his wife, and they have a baby on board now and they're still doing it. And we have, we have outside editors and stuff helping out, but it's just like seeing it from the outside now, I'm like, how the fuck did we do that for 10 years? Like, I don't, it was just 30 constant. minutes of fresh content shot and edited every week is obscene. Yeah. The, the content was probably five months behind real time. Sure. So it's backlogged, but yeah, it was every Friday, 20 to 30 minute episode. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they were even longer, sometimes like they were 45 longer. minute episodes, double releases to try and catch up. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> it's insanity. That's insanity. That's absolute insanity. Now, yeah. out of so out of, so you you've mentioned a couple of revenue streams. You've created the the YouTube advertising, which generally, from my own experience on being on YouTube and just from other other YouTubers I know, you got to have obscene amount of numbers to make like yeah. you know, because people think you're like you're making a million a month. I'm like, dude, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah. maybe in the beginning that was like it was a lot easier to make money when it started, but now. You know, you got to really work to make, and it's it's an it's not a make make a living off of YouTube unless you've got millions of. I mean, you got to have a lot, a lot of views. So, but you yeah. you were able to build that revenue stream, and then Patreon. How did Patreon do for you guys? Has that really supported you? Yeah, that's been the main revenue stream by far. I mean, really? the, the ad revenue in the beginning in 2014, 15, it was good. I think around 2016, it just it started to drop. Even though our numbers grew, our ad revenue didn't really go up very much because it was just so flooded. Um, but Patreon, yeah, has continued to grow since we started it. I think we started it in 2013 is when we first started our Patreon account. And yeah, people find us on YouTube and they watch a couple episodes. And of course we, we push it in our YouTube videos. We're like, these videos are free. If you really want to support us, head over to Patreon. And, and we give them rewards, of course, t-shirts. And sometimes we pick somebody's name out of a hat and they get to come sailing with us. So the the rewards and stuff it's a really cool platform and without patreon i don't think we'd be where we are we would have found a different route to continue but i don't know if it would have been as big or as successful as, as it is at all we also have another revenue stream which is really fun is our it's not a donation button because donations seem so like oh they give me g g buy me a beer yeah buy me a beer exactly and we <laughs> came up we were sitting down having beers when it, this was before patreon existed and we're like yeah, people should like they people want to give us money. They're asking how to donate, but you're like, come on, who's gonna donate to two younger dudes on a sailboat living living a great life out in the South Pacific? Like, I wouldn't donate to those guys. But we 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 kind of um, formed it more in the way of if you're at a bar and somebody tells you a good question or tells you or, sorry tells you a good story and makes you laugh, then you buy them a beer, right? It's like, oh, that was a great story. Let me buy you a beer. That's kind of how we did the whole thing and that was a huge success and it still is yeah because you guys start building out your website and yeah i mean all that all those kind of things and then obviously you have some merch that you you, you sell yeah. merch and um oh the what other other you also now do tours you also do don't you have a course or like some sort of training that you do yeah. as well 
kind of separate now. Like since since we left the boat, Alex and I have, have started our own. Uh, I'm still part of Delos, but we're not involved in the filming or the editing of it. So we've kind of done our own thing. And, and instead of relying solely on YouTube to create an income and to to constantly pump out videos as much as we can, we've taken our experience of sailing around the world and all the stuff we've learned and we've made a sailing school. So we're teaching. It's it's not through Delos. It's not through the YouTube channel. It's just something we're doing. So that way we can go back to filmmaking as a passion instead of a constant like, how are we going to make money off this next film? <laughs> now, is that is that is that uh, online? Is that an online course or is that an in-person course? In-person. It's an in-person course. All oh, right. So yeah. that, do they fly in? Uh, and yeah. Oh, wow. So I must be. Yeah, that's solid. And then, yeah. and then you could just film when you want to film and it's good. It's it's remarkable how you guys have been able to just figure it out in a way that like, I'm just going to keep doing what I want to do and uh, I'm never going to work for the man. Uh, and, and just do, and just live the life you want to live. And it's really inspiring, truly, truly, honestly, as filmmakers, uh, and as just as human beings to be able to just, I don't think you could ever get a job. Like, could you get a job? Like, could no, stuff, like to, why we, there's no way I could get a normal job. I just don't, I wouldn't know how to do it. I'd fail. I'd get fired probably right away. <laughs> I always, I, I always tell people I'm unemployable. Uh, I'm yeah, completely, I, I compl so, I'm psychologically way. unemployable. I cannot, yeah. uh, I, there's no way I can have a boss. No, I, yeah. I just got rid of my clients like three years ago. Uh, when <laughs> I, when I closed my post house down, I was like, yeah, I'm done. I can't so I do this all full time now. And it's, it's been great. Uh, now you yeah. also did a, a documentary series called 80 degrees North where, because you know, the South Pacific's not enough. And of course the Atlantic's not enough and the Indian ocean and, you're like, well, where haven't we gone on this planet? Oh, the, oh, the Arctic. Oh, there's that. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So, uh, so let's go up to the Arctic and do this adventure. And you did this movie called 80 Degrees, a movie, but a, a, a series called 80 Degrees North. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that, that, that project? Go ahead. Yep. So uh, we have a couple of friends who are also sailors. They have more of a, it's not a charter. It's kind of like a blue water ocean experience school where you can go make long ocean passages with them. And they were going to be up in Svalbard um, for anyone who doesn't know who that is, which is good chance. Probably everyone. I've this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's north of Norway. It's about 600 miles from the North Pole. It's a group of islands and yeah, they're, uh, they're very in the, in the summertime, it's 24 hours of daylight and, uh, polar bears and all kinds of wildlife up there. And they recently have become more of a tourist attraction because a lot of the ice, the pack ice that normally kind of packs them in, even in the summertime has been melting. Um, so they had this idea, they wanted to go up there. It was kind of between trips and, um, they invited the Delos crew to come out and meet them, which definitely isn't something normally that the Delos crew does. Like we're always on Delos sailing around from place to place, filming, kind of doing our own thing. But it was an opportunity at that point where I think that everyone is pretty ready to try something new. Um, Delos has spent most of her life, you know, at the equator. And so everyone was like, let's go see what, you know, cold water sailing is all about and try this out. So, yeah, we all flew up there and um, hopped on their boat. They have a 48 foot swan 
So it was them two, they had a ship photographer, and then five of the Delos crew came. So it was eight people on a 48-foot boat for three weeks. And we sailed. <laughs> and like 15 cameras. <laughs> oh, my God, so much camera gear flying everywhere. <laughs> so, yeah, hopped on board with them, sailed around, and pretty much just filmed our experience, everything from sort of what it took to prep the boat to the encounters that we had with glaciers to seeing polar bears, uh, beluga whales, walrus, the sailing conditions, um, everything. And yeah, made a, ended up making a four-part documentary series with it. Okay, so and again, I just want to go back to that for that sentence that you said, hey, let's fly up to the Arctic and see what that's about. Again, not something that is normally said by a normal human being. I just want to let everybody know that right there. Because <laughs> you say it so with like, it just rolls off the tongue. I just want to stop for a second just so you are aware that's just not the way. <laughs> We were, Normal. we were used to living, living in our underwear and bikinis in Brazil. And we right. Like, oh, let's try and find. So yeah, let's do that. What a great idea. It was a great idea. It turned out to be a great idea. But looking back, it was like we had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. It was just a completely opposite thing than what we knew and what we were used to. And I think that's why it excited us, because at that point, when you're constantly filming your life every day and, and editing the same footage, you kind of you don't get burnt out, so to speak. But it's not as you're not as passionate about showing it anymore. You're like, okay, get it doing the same thing we've done 200 times, getting in the dinghy, going to an island. Um, so the idea of going to the Arctic, someplace we've never been, with totally different conditions, reignited our passion for filming and, and exploration. And we knew we wanted to do something different with it than the YouTube channel. Like we didn't want to have it just a normal Friday release. We wanted to try and grow as, as filmmakers and and just learn more and try different things. So. We spent a ton of time. It took us about two years to finish editing it. And we did tons of interviews in, in it. Um, yeah, so full on little mini series. That's, that's awesome, dude. And, and um, I, I was going to say, I don't know how you guys edit yourselves for over a decade, because if it wasn't for me talking to other people, I couldn't do this. Like I, I could not edit my life. My life is boring as hell, but um, nothing nearly as cool as you guys do. But like just seeing myself all the time and doing the same thing after, like it might be cool for a little bit, but after a while, like you said, like, okay, we can get in the dinghy again. We're going to go to the, you know, I know yeah. everyone, everyone watching is like, oh my God. But for us, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. okay. Got Before to- she joined Dallas, she was behind the camera like hundred percent of the time yeah. and she got on the boat in South Africa and there's a camera in her face and she's like, Oh, <laughs> so that was, that was a yeah. huge thing for you to get used to. Right. Yeah. I think it's actually, there's a lot of value in, you know, people always say if they have to listen to a voicemail that they leave or, you know, watch a video clip of themselves and they, they're like, ah, I hate my voice or I hate the way I look. And for me, it was really, really interesting because yeah, I'd always been behind the camera and, but there's a lot of value, even though it's, straight up sucks and it's really hard to like watch yourself on camera you realize a lot of I I realized two things I realized things about myself that I never realized before from that new perspective that I wanted to change and then I realized things that maybe you know weren't perfect about me but that's who made me who I was and I was never going to change those things (laughs) so it actually really helped me grow as a person and and see myself from you know someone else's point of view and I think I became a better person for it from it, but it's it's brutal. <laughs> no, most most human beings go the other way. They go like, "Oh my God, this sucks. I'm just horrible. I can't do this." I've, and it just you don't find the positives or even the constructive. You just look at the negative. I, I took me years before I could listen to myself. Like I now now I've gotten a little bit more accustomed to listening to my voice, but oh, it's brutal. It took me forever yeah. to get on. The, it took me forever just to get my. If you if you go to my YouTube channel, 
the first videos, it's all just audio. I just threw up the audio and I just took me cut like two, three years before I started putting myself on video. I just, I'm like, oh, I'd rather be buying the camera. I don't want to do it. <laughs> so it is brutal. It's brutal. So I, I, I tip, I tip my hat to you guys uh, for doing it for as long as you have. Now, the, the really interesting thing about uh, 80 Degrees North is that you have a very unique distribution model. And, and it, how is that working for you? And what is it? Yeah, it's actually turned out, we, we took a big risk and it's worked out very well for us, luckily. Um, when we first, yeah, when we first started editing this thing together, and we had three parts and four parts, and we knew it wasn't going to go on YouTube. Um, I started reaching out to you know distrib- distribution networks. I started listening to your podcast. Like, what other avenues are there? What do people do? I started talking to aggregators. I talked to people at all the major streaming networks that I won't name, but all you know, all the big ones that, that are out there. It's a short list, and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the, the most common thing that I heard back from them was. Uh, where, where's the arguing? Like, where's the drama where I'm like, we're, we're fucking sailing in the Arctic. We have to carry a rifle because polar bears can attack us for protection. Like, is that not enough for you? Like, it's not enough drama. You, you really need to, the Alex to throw, no, like, they, they just wanted, like, they're like, when did the crew argue? You know, did you argue with your brother? There had, there was eight people on a 48 foot. You had to have argued we're like, no, like I, we didn't actually, it was perfect. <laughs> we didn't have any arguments. We didn't have any disagreements. So they, they were looking for tough. They were looking for the housewives of the Arctic. Is basically what. Yeah. They were. No. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god! I want to make a spoof of that now. Oh my god! Yeah. The oh, housewives of the Arctic. Bears, glaciers, beluga whales. Nah, nah, nah. Let's just see you guys argue in a small space. <laughs> I mean, so it was kind of a. It was a. I don't know. It was a wake up call and a, and a turn off really because as a as an independent filmmaker or something, you feel like getting on one of those streaming platforms is like. This is that's where you want to go. That's you get in front of so many people, and it's almost like a notch on your belt. Um, but then I realized that we have such a cool, dedicated audience already. Like our our YouTube following, our Instagram accounts, everybody is so engaged and so interested in what we're doing. We realized that no matter where we release it, people will want to watch. So instead of yeah, instead of um, going with the streaming platforms or or even charging like on Amazon Prime where you charge a certain amount for the for the episodes. We decided to give the people the choice of how much they wanted to pay. Um, so we did a pay what's fair model. We built our own website, put up a, a trailer of it. 80northseries.com is where it's all at. We did some podcasts and people started hearing about it. And then there's a little box where you can go and you type in whatever amount you want. And then you get to watch, you get to stream all four parts of the series. For as long as you I have to ask you, I mean, I don't, I don't want like accounting, but like, what's the average? What's the, the average, average payment? That was $15.35. Wow. For a two, basically it's almost a little bit over two hours, the, the full series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Each episode's about 30 minutes. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah, a little over two hours. So I thought more people would watch. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the, the, the amount of people that have watched is right around 14,000 people right now. Or sorry, that have paid 14,000 people. So, so you can do the, that's amazing. It's great. Um, we we were able to cover our production costs, like the flights of the crew, all the camera gear, you know, all the all the stuff that goes into that. Um, but it didn't reach as many people as I thought it would because we get, you know, in our, in our YouTube channel, we get close to two to three hundred thousand views in a week span, like from the first Friday release. So it's a small percentage of people that are watching, but they're actually paying more than I thought. Maybe I thought it would be a hundred thousand people and they'd pay four dollars. I'll tell you, getting fourteen thousand people off of a two hundred thousand like audience is a massive amount of conversion. 
That's a yeah, really massive. And at that price point that you're talking about is massive because I've seen guys who've got guys and gals who've got a million. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And like, yeah. if they can get, if they get 10,000 off of a million, it's you're, you're, you're winning. It's a yeah. win. So that's sure. a, that's a really big uh, conversion that, that says a lot about the passion of your audience. Now, you know, when I saw the pay to play model, I was like, okay, this sounds great, but without an audience, this is really a tough sell. Like this is a, you know, if you, if you've got nobody and it's only your mom and your uncle and maybe your, your best and all the actors or all the crew people's parents and, and friends, yeah. <laughs> this is, this the pay, it's not going to really work. Um, so it, it's so important. I've been yelling at this from the top of the mountain for so long, building that audience, connecting yeah. with that audience and then feeding that audience, giving that audience what they want, providing a service to them through your videos, through your services, through your products, through everything that you create. And you didn't go off and make, you know, a movie about the carnival uh, or running off with the circus. You didn't make that movie because that movie wouldn't sell to your audience. Maybe, a, yeah. maybe a handful you just want to like, did Davos just join the circuits? Uh, <laughs> which, by the way, would probably be an interesting documentary. Um, That'd be great. It'd be an interesting documentary. But but you focused on the niche and you stayed within that niche, which is a niche you love. Uh, and you've maintained your life livelihood for the last decade by doing yeah. what you love. And isn't that every filmmaker's dream? I think so. I never thought I would be a, a filmmaker or make documentary films. And then I just kind of, <laughs> came to fruition by necessity, I guess. And yeah, right. it's, it's a hundred percent a dream. I talked to a lot of other YouTubers, a lot of people that have YouTube channels, sailing YouTube channels. And it's always the same question. Like, how do you create revenue from your YouTube channel or from making films? And it's so hard. It's really hard. And that's why we're really grateful to have such a good audience. And that audience was born out of going back to what I said before, being authentic and just being ourselves. And you can see, you know, well, the minute somebody's fake or does something to mm. think that the audience will like or, or something for money, the audience can see it right away. Like the viewers will notice right away and they'll be like, OK, this person's not not real. They're only doing it for these reasons. So being authentic really helped us all the way through, even for this documentary series, because people really stood behind us. And they're like, yeah, screw those guys trying to make you argue. Do your own thing. And we're happy to support it. Now, did you do, do you guys do sponsors as well or no? No, not we do. We do like gear sponsors and stuff. We don't do any big paid sponsorships. Um, we've kind of stayed away from all that. If if somebody wants to send us something like a dinghy or or sales, and we use it organically in the YouTube series, then awesome, it'll show up like organically. We don't have to blatantly put it out there. Um, so we've never actually done really big paid partnerships. And for the eighty North series, we didn't do anything. Nope. Yeah. Is there is there any reason would there have been a partner in the 80 North series that might have been a good like maybe a couple of brands or something like that that would have aligned with your message of what you're trying to do and help sure. and, also, I mean, and also help pay for it? Yeah. I mean the whole the whole series is pretty much a Helly Hansen commercial. Yeah. <laughs> we had a we had a pro deal with Helly Hansen and yeah, like so we got we, like fifty percent off. And yeah, then, and none of us had any snow gear or anything. We all had bikinis, so we had to get literally <laughs> fully fitted out in all of our gear, all of our fallies, and 
Helly Hansen. So like Brady yeah. said, the whole thing is a Helly Hansen ad essentially. But I mean, yeah, maybe if we had tried to work it before, but at, at the end, it's like, well, it's already there. So yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey, Helly Hansen, look what we did. It's already released. Do you want to give us money? Yeah. Do you want to give us money now for it? Now, what are you guys, yeah. what are you guys planning in the future? I mean, obviously, obviously this season you're going to be at Lake Tahoe um, yep. and sailing. I'm assuming you're doing uh, courses or, or training now. Yes, yep. you'll be doing that this yeah. summer. Training. So what's up next for you guys now? Yeah. So, well, actually, me and Brady had the the idea of starting our new business, the Cruisers Academy, which is the sailing school, when we were still on Delos. We really like teaching people. And uh, yeah, like Brady said, just take a little bit of pressure off the filmmaking so that we can kind of, you know, uh, enjoy it again. And like... <laughs> uh not put so much not so, not put so much pressure on it so yeah so doing the sailing school um and our original idea with it was to teach people how to live on boats how to cross oceans like you know, offshore sailing yeah how to provision for six months at a time and that still is our goal but you know given the last year and the travel restrictions and everything uh we just decided to keep it local on tahoe so we're kind of getting the tahoe chapter set up but we also are in the works of buying a blue water boat that can sail around the world. Uh, so we're going to be hopefully buying that boat this summer mm -hmm. and expanding the Cruisers Academy to the ocean side as well. And then, yeah, still making films. We actually just got back from a dive trip in the Galapagos Islands for three yeah. weeks. You told me about um, that. Yeah. How, was, how, how was that? Oh my God, Man, it's, 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 it's like everything you see on Discovery Channel. It really is. It's yeah. it's nuts. Where yeah. Galapagos is? We're off of South America. Ecuador. Where, Ecuador, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's off of Ecuador. Yeah, it's actually right at the equator. So yeah, we're diving with schooling hammerheads out there and sea lions all around the streets, like you know dogs and everything like that. So we shot about four terabytes between the two of us in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be, yeah, the next film project that we put together. Again, not putting a, a huge amount of pressure on when we're going to get it done. But hopefully by the end of summer, we'll have either some kind of long format product from it or a few different episodes on our new Cruisers Academy YouTube channel. But pretty much just still doing sailing and filming. But uh, switching it up, the amounts that we're doing of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was the first time this Galapagos trip was the first time we really picked up our cameras and were so intense with filming in about a year. Mm -hmm. When we when we left Delos and came to Tahoe, we kind of put our cameras down and we're like, okay, let's take a break from from filming everything all the time. And then this Galapagos trip, we were right back in it with all of our cameras. So it felt really good and it was like rejuvenating to film again and and be creative behind the camera. So. I'm excited to see what comes in the footage. We haven't looked at any of it yet, but I think I think it'll be pretty cool. <laughs> if it's not, if we don't get cool footage from that trip, then we should not film yeah, ever again. Stop yeah. filming. <laughs> yes, it's, all you gotta do is basically just turn it on and expose it yeah, properly, really. and you should yeah, be yeah. take the lens cap off, and you should pretty much good. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and then apart from the sailing school, we did because we've kind of branched off of Delos because, I, like I said, my brother and his wife and baby are still on board doing that. So we started our own. YouTube channel called Cruisers Academy, same name as the sailing school. And that's what we'll be posting our short little stuff. Like, like we're not going to do stuff once a week, like we talked about before, but whenever it's just a place for us to release our creative energy and to film and to edit stuff, but not in any way trying to turn it into a big business. <laughs> right. Just, just enough to kind of keep the ball rolling yeah. just to keep the ball. Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of, a lot of filmmakers always think, you know, that you have to be, you know, living in the Hollywood Hills, making millions and millions of dollars as a filmmaker or as a YouTuber. And at the end of the day, like 
is your is your is your roof paid for? Is your food yeah. paid for? Like, you know, can you buy a couple of nice things if you need to go to? Can you go on a trip? You're living the dream, man. Like if you're making, you know. Yeah. Even more importantly, do you enjoy what you're doing? That has a yeah, huge value. Exactly. That I think a lot of people forget about is maybe you can get a job paying double what you'd make working yeah. for yourself, but that value of enjoying eight hours a day, 10 hours a day doing what you're doing is worth way more than double your salary. So yeah, I oh. think that's huge. And, and, and are you proud of what you're making? You know, like it's so fun to be able to go to the Galapagos and <laughs> film exactly what we want, edit it together exactly how we want. Like we're the final say in what you're the final cut. Yeah. You know? Like when I worked for production houses, when I was first getting going in video, I just remember making an edit on something and someone coming in and telling me to change it to some horrible way and it crushed my soul. i was like i cannot do this this is literally ripping my soul out of my body and that was when i decided like i'm making my own things and i'll make way less money but i'll be so much happier and yeah, yeah. it's a good path oh tr oh trust me i was in post for 25 years oh i know i, I did everything so i oh dude dude i direct and then i would do post uh, my post was like my day job so like i always had post to pay the bills and then i would go off and direct stuff but man oh from color grading editing post supervising vfx ah oh, it's brutal <laughs> brutal there'll yeah. be a lot of a lot of your listeners are in those fields now and they're like in their <laughs> 20s they're like damn it damn it Hey, but some people love that. Like I, I've interviewed, I've interviewed Academy Award winning editors who are just like, love that collaborative process. I'm too much of an entrepreneur. I'm too much of my own boss. I, I like collaborating, but I, I, yeah. I, 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 can't, I can't, man. And as you get older, and I think you guys can feel this, as you get older, the, the, the tolerance just starts to go down of what <laughs> you're going to put up. The shit that you'll put up with, it just starts, because you'll put up with a lot of 22, but at 32, things start getting different. At 42, Things get really different. <laughs> That's why you see the 82-year-old guy walking out with his with his underwear half off, his shirt to pick up the paper, and he's like, he don't care. He's like, I'm I don't done. Give a shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Now, um, I'm gonna ask you a few questions to ask all my guests. What advice would you give? Uh, a filmmaker trying to break into the business today? Mm, I think it's interesting because the business has changed so much from what it traditionally used to be. And there's so many different things that you can do within filmmaking, whether you're interested in writing or directing or editing or, you know, filming or vlogging, you know, is a, a huge new one. So I think it really depends, but as we've said multiple times over the last hour, I think staying true to yourself, um, even if there's less of an immediate reward is the way to go. And, you know, in the long run, you're, you're really shaping your, your career path as you go. Every job you take, every client you take, every decision you make, every project you work on, that's going to lead you to your next step. And if you can make good choices and kind of make sacrifices along the way to stay true to yourself, I think that's going to get you to where you want to go. Yeah, for sure. I think besides like what I said about being authentic, it depends if you're behind the camera and you're on a set, you know, you're, you know, you're not filming yourself, you're not creating a vlog, but for, for a filmmaker that has total control over everything to be authentic and do what makes you happy. Like I've said many times during this, but also I think a lot of people nowadays, especially in the YouTube world, get caught up on 
the most expensive gear and the craziest transitions and and stuff like that and you're just like just tell a story at the end of the day like that's what it's all about is is editing something that makes somebody else feel something on the other side of the screen and focus on that like i've 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 followed some people that film their youtube channel with like iphones the whole time and it's incredible because they are who they are and it's it's not very cinematic but it's real and they're great storytellers so focus on that first and not the big effects and the big cameras and the transitions the swipes the, I, I like the star wipe personally that's just me though i like the star wipe star wipe's fantastic uh, <laughs> what's the, the one the blinds the, oh the blinds yeah the blind you could do it this way if you're if you're fancy you could do it angled wise this way oh, shit. Oh, oh hey let's not get crazy man that's that's extra that costs a little extra um but uh Yes, the star wipe is fantastic. Um, now, what is the lesson that took you the longest to learn, whether in the film business or in life? The lesson that took me the longest to learn? <laughs> That's a tough question, man. And you're both looking over to your right, so I guess the oh, answer is over there. That's, That's, just, just, That's just a window. Scene. That's a beautiful a window. Because I was wondering, are the answers there? Yeah. <laughs> huh. The first thing that popped into my head was taxes. <laughs> I wish I learned all that shit earlier on. <laughs> like, I still don't get it. I still don't Dude, know the hell. we were just talking about that, you know, California. Hey, man, taxes, it's like the second, no, it's the second highest, second or third highest place to live after New York and New Jersey. Uh, as far as taxes are, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. But thanks you know what? Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much. So, hey, man. Hey, I'm with you, brother. I'm, I'm still, I'm still in this boat. I'm still in this boat, sir. I am still in this yeah. boat for, for the time being. But uh, you know what? That is probably one of the best answers I've heard on the show. Taxes. <laughs> Learn taxes. Learn, Learn, Learn accounting. What, it, uh, what everything does and how to do stuff. How to deduct. How to legally deduct. Like I'd love everything. to, I'd love to see your itemized list. Like, oh yeah, ooh, everything, <laughs> everything, everything is deductible. Everything, food, yeah. every, the whole thing. It's all part of the, of the show. How about, how about you, Alex? Let's see. Uh, I think something that I've learned is that when you find good people, like treat them right and do what you need to do to hold on to them. I think that. One of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur, probably no matter what business you're in, even if it's not filmmaking, is that it's hard to find another one of you, you know, <laughs> and if you can find someone like that, they are worth their weight in gold and like, you know, make sacrifices to keep them on board and keep them happy and value them because, you know, together you can do way, way more than you can separately. Um, so that's, that's a big thing that I've learned and something that I I'm definitely going to carry through as we start this, this new venture. And three of your favorite films of all time. Ooh. Oh, that's a really good question too. Out the window. What do we got? <laughs> <laughs> I, if I really went by the ones that I've watched the most, I'm going to go old school and say 10 things I hate about you. Like <laughs> nice. I, Heath Ledger. Five years and put it on and still know like every word to that movie. So I had good. it. I remember I had it like, I recorded it off TV on like a VHS tape when I was little and I used to watch it all the I time. I don't know what, I don't know what VHSs are. I'm way too young yeah. for that. But, uh, <laughs> good movie, good movie. Um, I guess my, the first one that comes to my, my mind is The Goonies. It's always holds a special place Solid. in my heart. Solid. It's probably a classic that many people say. The Goonies. Yeah, there's actually, yeah, one of my favorite films also 
like independently made. It's called Chasing Bubbles. And Ooh. it's about an absolute legend named Alex Rust. I think you can watch it for free. Yeah, it's free on, on YouTube. YouTube. Um, go watch it and just be prepared. You're going to want to like sell everything and buy a boat after it, but it's so worth a watch. It's really, really good. Yeah. Nice. Chasing bubbles. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, one more. Man, that's really tough. I, I have one more. Go I have ahead. one more. Um, it's actually a film about the wild Mustangs in the U S but it's called unbranded. Um, I read horses and I have a Mustang, but even if you don't, the film is really, really well made and it tells the whole story of Mustangs and it's about these cowboys that actually go get wild horses and put a little bit of training on them and ride them from um, all the way up the PCT from Mexico to Canada. So crazy story, really well done. Go watch it. Wow. I see that you, 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 you can I say a series? Which one? Yeah, can series. Of course. Okay. Probably not original and everybody probably loves it, but I've watched It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia like 10 times over. <laughs> <laughs> Like I put it on when I'm going to bed in the morning. I don't know. Those guys are just geniuses. The the two shows that I do that to, and that's also not original, is Seinfeld and Friends. Like I'll just <laughs> I, I was I was just watching Seinfeld the other day again. I'm like, oh so good. It's just so good. I can't I can't believe they got away with the stuff they got away with. And then the, and then my daughters now are obsessed with friends. They're she they're like young, like super young. And they just sometimes we're like, yeah, that's not appropriate. That's uh, not appropriate. That's uh, not appropriate. That's not appropriate. But now, like, it was so funny. Jennifer Aniston, we watched Marley and Me the other day, and they go, "Is that is that Rachel from Friends?" I'm like, my wife and I both looked at each other, like, we're, "We've done something right or wrong? I'm not sure what it is. We don't know yet. <laughs> we don't, we've done something." Uh, and where can people uh, find out more about what you guys are doing and uh, follow you guys? Uh, the best thing is Cruisers Academy. So you can find that on Instagram, Cruisers Academy, or YouTube, search Cruisers Academy, or cruisersacademy.com for our sailing school. If anybody's interested in coming up to Tahoe and sailing, um, we're pretty booked up, but we'll find some space to do some charters and whatever. Just stay in touch. So Cruisers Academy on all platforms is the best to stay in touch. And also, Brady mentioned it before, but 80northseries.com, if you did want to watch the docu-series that we made about our adventures in the Arctic. Yeah, very cool. And we're looking forward to the Galapagos uh, series coming soon, but well, maybe not that soon, because you guys will take part two years to come. Coming, too. coming, it'll come when it's supposed to come. <laughs> As as a true filmmaker, as a true maker, yeah. a true filmmaker would say, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. You are an inspiration on how to live life to its fullest and follow the dream, follow the bliss. And you guys are definitely examples of that. So thank you so much for being on the show, guys. Thank you so yeah. much for having us, man. It was a really nice chat. I want to thank Brady and Alex for coming on the show and dropping their inspiration bombs on the tribe today. I hope someone out there listening right now will rethink their lives and maybe maybe buy a boat, maybe quit their jobs, put their family on a boat, and just go across the seas. Now, don't do that until you take their courses or take their training, but life is too short to not do what you love. If you figure, if you just do what you love, you will figure out a way to make it work. Just go and follow that bliss. That's what these guys are doing, and I hope many of the tribe out there listening follow suit in whichever path they want to walk down. Now, if you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at bulletproofscreenwriting.tv 
forward slash 313. Thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, keep on writing no matter what. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Bulletproof Screenwriting Podcast at BulletproofScreenwriting.tv. 